At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and the City podcast where we are shooting the shit about every episode of the original show, two movies, and now the next chapter, and just like that. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm doing really good. I feel like I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. I've been up for hours. I went to bed super early last night, woke up, had two cups of coffee because last week I was on a downswing by the end of the episode. And so I feel even, it is still way too early. As we were saying to King Brian earlier, I was saying to him, whoever invented podcast invented it, Steve Jobs, they did not envision them being recorded at 9 a.m. You don't think? No, I think they envisioned them like being recorded at nighttime or like oh, at like least happy hour. With a cocktail. It's- yeah, this is bright and early. Um, and it's not even like a weekend, like where you and I could be like having a mimosa right now. This is like strictly business. Thursday, I should be doing my real job. Yeah. <laughs> We're on yeah. my work hour. It's like, this is not, I hope no one from the library is oh listening. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and and sincerely for many reasons, actually. Um, <laughs> it's tough, but we've got a few more weeks left. We'll wrap up on February 2nd and then we'll get back into season two, which I can't wait for, for the more structured episodes. These are just off the fucking you think cuff. These are not structured. Hot up the mess must be a wild ride for you. I mean, I don't listen, but it's no, I'm kidding. I'm just joshing you. (laughs) Can I give a few recommendations before we get into it? Of course. Guys, if you have not watched The Lost Daughter by Maggie Gyllenhaal, starring Olivia Coleman, Dakota Johnson, another woman whose name I don't have off the top, but Jesse Buckley, a fellow who I believe was on Game of Thrones. A woman who's somehow related to Scott Foley. It is an amazing, amazing movie. It's the only movie this year that, like, hasn't left me. I'm turning... It's it's January 13th. No, like, from last year. Oh, got it, got it, Like, from the the last year's set of movies, it's... Okay. I cannot stop thinking about the ending, the music, and for it to be Maggie Gyllenhaal's first movie, her, her mastery of tone tension the movie feel it's like not about anything but you're so tense the entire time it's amazing and it's a great exploration of motherhood everyone should watch it and then talk to me about it oh don't think there are a few things that i would say lita and dr nia wallace could get into i need to tell the listeners my grief my grievances he hasn't shut the fuck up about this movie for days. I he turned a conversation last night on an app about it. The guy was like, oh, so what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm just um, in bed reading. You know, the last book I read was The Lost Daughter, which is also a fabulous movie on Netflix. Have you seen it? Yeah. Like every conversation goes back to this movie. So I'm glad that you just got it out of the way. Please. <laughs> I have two more suggestions that people oh, get into. Okay. 
One is a book called Happy Hour by Marlo Granados. It's so great. It's very Sex and the City-esque. It's about two friends living in Brooklyn, and they're about 21, 21, 22, and without any money, just running around scamming people. It It's really, really well-written and moving towards the end. And then the other is a book called Intimacies by Katie Katamora that is also really, really beautiful about an interpreter working in the hog in, I think, the Netherlands? Working in the hog. I think, or the Hague is how you might say it. It's an area in the Netherlands. Oh, I was like, what is the hog? And it's really just really beautifully written and constructed. And so we're not just lowbrow talking about this show and its myriad of different (laughs) episodes, because this show is all over the place, guys. I mean, we'll get into it. Do you have any suggestions? Are you enjoying anything? You can't do that to me. Like, you can't, like, like do all these, like... Well, what are you watching? What are you enjoying? I'm honestly rewatching season 10 of Real Housewives of Orange County. All right, let's move on. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, you're, you're giving book recommendations, film recommendations, and I'm just like, I'm watching Brooks. Scam, Vicky Compasson. Oh boy. Okay, so maybe well, it's like the... Hopefully yeah, she'll watch The Lost Daughter, guys, and class this podcast up. I mean, you're highbrow, I'm lowbrow. It's we doubtful. meet in the middle, and that's this podcast. Should we get into the girls? Yeah, of course. I wanted to just ask right up the top, what did you think of this episode just in general? Obsessed. Loved it. It's my favorite episode. I thought this one was a grab bag of just nonsense. I loved it. I thought it... I giggled. I could barely get I through laughed. it. I laughed. What? I started to feel like how people, I think I started to feel how I think people are feeling on the internet. I was like, turn it off. No, I was loving it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was like, there was things going on. Like we're starting to like move storylines forward. Like we're starting to like, you know, and I was like, I loved watching Charlotte swear. I I loved it. I will say there were some things I really liked, but more than any other episode, it felt like we really get carry the shaft. I don't know what's going on with that story, but we'll get to it. <laughs> I, Should I we it. start with Charlotte and LTW? Yes. My note about this is what the King Richard is going on. With Charlotte? I did not need those tennis scenes. With like Aya the Tiger. I was like, what's happening? It Tonally, this laugh. is just unlike anything we've ever seen before. Yeah, the whole show is kind of like that. The whole show's kind of a crazy, chaotic... Yeah, but, like, tennis scenes with, like, the Rocky song played over it. It's like, we're now in, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Listen, I... When I saw LTW's tennis outfit... She looked gorge. Fucking gorgeous. I wanted to text you, but I was like, we gotta save her for the pod. I mean, she's a stunner. I will say, you know, Nicole Ari Parker, her energy is just so great on screen. And then I do think just, like, them naming the character LTW is, like, really helped. I think you just want to be friends with someone named LTW. Oh, 100%. So I love LTW. but I want to be friends with an LTW in a Fendi bucket hat. Like, it that's... just felt like, oh my god, really? We're watching them play tennis? This is, like, how we're building their friendship? Yes. Because I still... I like this idea that Charlotte is so controlled in, like, every aspect of her life, and she can't, like, let out any sort of aggression. But then when it comes to tennis, she's, like, a fucking maniac. But I'm not sure that you get that enough, particularly in her relationship with LTW at the beginning. I also just think, like, 
in terms of how the language of the show was created, right? Like the way that we've always seen intimacy portrayed in friendships in this show is through talking. So by literally having them do something that includes them not speaking at all, it just felt so jarring. And we still have not seen a conversation where we understand why these two women are attracted to one another. You don't think at the dinner we did? I think we saw in that episode, you mean the one with the art? Mm-hmm. In that episode, we that's supposed to be the beginning of their friendship. And Charlotte right. is trying really hard to get LTW to like her. Then they have that um, coffee after and talk about like, oh, I just want to be perfect. And LTW says, good luck with that. There's just never really a sense of how often they see one another. Are they really close? What is attracting them other than superficial societal things? I'd like them to get into it more because right now we're just relying on the fact that they have somewhat good chemistry and Nicole Ari Parker is a stunner and has great energy on screen. I think my only complaint, I mean, there, I, you know, I can always complain about something, but one of my complaints, I guess, about the show is that I feel like they tried to create so many different stories within a 10 episode, like, show. And it's like, I get what you're saying. Like, it did feel like now that we're discussing it, it did kind of feel like a grab bag of like, what's going on? Like, what's happening like i feel like so much is happening in this show and like we're not getting into like the meat of it it almost would be better had they dedicated an episode to each new woman or person we know a little bit about naya we'll get to her more i would say she's the character who i think they've invested the most in she's the one who we see without the other women but i'm like we still don't really understand anything about ltw's real interior life other than she likes to bring coffee to charlotte i just want to know more about her i think it's hard because it's like we're so invested in carrie miranda and charlotte not. you're not invested not in, in this them. episode you have a podcast I was like... about... not i'm not talking about this episode i'm talking about like just in general like as much as i love ltw and dr nia wallace and sema and like the new characters it's like I want to know more of like what's going on with Charlotte and that and her life and Miranda and her life. It's just like, I feel like I'm being pulled in too many different directions. So then <laughs> like, just right. So then the clearer scene, instead of watching LTW and Charlotte play tennis, which wild, have them bopping off the tennis courts, sitting down, having some water. Charlotte shares her frustrations and LTW shares some story about like her life and how her ambivalent she might be about her husband's political aspirations how she's worried how racism might affect those if they want to tell that story how what it's like to be a female filmmaker by the way this is a show populated by female filmmakers you'd think someone would have an opinion on that it just feels a little she feels still incredibly shallow and it's also interesting to me because of the people who are the new characters and actors we've added I'd say Nicole Ari Parker is one of the bigger names, and yet she's not getting as much to do. And love Karen Pittman, obsessed. Think she's giving great performance as Dr. Nia Wallace. Just need some more, need to beef up LT Dubs, and we've only got three more episodes. Well, yeah, like it's just a lot to take on, like with our core girls. Like Big died. That's a big deal. So now we have to like deal with that. And then Charlotte's 
you know, dealing with rock and all of, you know, and then Is having she? a daughter and Lily. Well, that's what I mean. And I then feel we like have that Miranda gets lost every sex. other episode. But then we have Miranda like questioning her sexuality and she's just not sure. And I'm like, there is so much going on with just those three women alone that it's like, now I'm supposed to care about Dr. Nia Wallace's like IVF journey. But don't you feel like though- it- It's a lot. But the problem is, is that the show, I don't think it has to be a lot. I mean, there are lots of shows that have tons of characters for, and by the way, less real estate than 40 minutes. Like there are some 22 minute shows that handle six to eight characters and get it done. This is just feels very like they don't even know what to do. In some ways you can see it with Charlotte, right? The whole idea of her kid transitioning gets brought up, dropped, brought up. And now it's like months have gone by. And Month, we don't now know we're what's three months on. in. They seem fine with it. They're using the name Rock as they should. And Charlotte's now <laughs> quoting Demi Lovato and far more focused on, you know, fighting for her inability to apologize, which great, by the way, love it. I liked that story a little, but it just felt like we, we build steam and then pull back. And then the next episode, we have to build it all again. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I've when you say it like that, it's like every episode, it's like we're starting from scratch again. And it's like I'm I like hold my breath every time. And that might, you know, when we go back and look at the pacing of an original season of Sex in the City, it might be that that was always there. Like, OK, we're going to deal with Charlotte and Trey, for example, on this episode. But then for the next two, she's going to need to do like light things then we'll drop back into Charlotte and Trey in three episodes from now, wrap it up by the finale. It's not like any, it's very rare that I think in the original show, you would have a whole arc across direct episodes with the exception of the Carrie cheating arc, which is five in a row. So maybe when we've seen all 10, <laughs> it'll feel like one whole story. And right. That's when we'll ultimately be able to judge this entire thing. But more than any episode we've seen so far, I felt like, we were on a roll from five, six. I actually no. Did we like four two? I can't even remember. I know definitely <laughs> like, five and six from the mm-hmm. pissing in the bed to Diwali. Now I felt like trains backing yeah. up. Yeah, I just like I get what you're saying when you say you know shows have done a lot more with their with more characters and less time. But like I guess I'm just so invested in Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte that it's like, and we haven't seen them in so long that I just expected to kind of dig a little deeper in it. Like, I think it's kind of actually, like, if I sit back and think about it, it's actually kind of crazy that Big died. And it's like, we didn't, we didn't see any of the, the grief. We didn't see any of well, we like can get to, like, and the it's time like, I'm lapse gla- kind of quality of it when we get to Carrie, because it yeah, is... Yeah, like, it... Well, because I get the time lapse for Carrie, but like it doesn't really work with Charlotte or Miranda for me because I'm like, I want to know what's going on in that time span. I just feel and then we can get to more like the Harry and Charlotte stuff and move away from LTW and by extension, the newer characters. I just feel that the show obviously, and look, I'm not one of those people who's like, get them off the screen or they're like just an example of the show trying to be woke. I think that the show needed to address its clear cultural blind spots. If you think the internet's mad now, if this show had come back with just white people, oh my God. we 
we would be dragging it up, down, left, right. It'd be dragged as me as I was in our reviews last week. Mm-hmm. Miss Boo would have something to say. But adding them as they are now, we just don't have enough of it. So we're in this weird nexus of they're there, but not enough. And I just didn't expect LTW to be the one, because she was also the first one we met. When she bopped in, I was like, great, new Samantha, let's go. Same. Same. And now it's I like, she's rarely in it. it. Was she busy doing other things? She, she wasn't well, in last week's episode at all. Yeah. And frankly, if I was married to Boris Kojo also, I would be like, I'm not going to that set. I'm fucking my husband <laughs> and staying home. I'm, I'm obsessed with them and their Instagram and like how they embarrass their kids because they clearly fuck all the time. And the kids are like, mom and dad, please. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if your parents were that good looking? I mean, like, I haven't I gotten my myself. eyes on their kids, but I'm assuming those kids are pretty gorgeous and also fucking. Oh, I'm sure. But like, imagine that's like, those are your parents. Like, whoa. Honestly, power just couple. Every, uh, and speaking of power couples, RIP, Jason and you know. <gasps> I thought it was a joke at first. I was well, like, yes, because of course his Instagram handle <laughs> is like walk of gypsy or whatever it is. So every time you see it, you're like, who is this? So yeah, guys, Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa have ended their marriage, and I took to bed. And I was already in bed. I was going to say, I was like, I got in bed at 4.35 yesterday. (laughs) You did. Did not get back out. Well, uh, let me just quickly say, I, listen, if you want to get married, you can tell this is a bad episode because we're ready to talk about Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet. Yeah, but let me just say, they have been together for 16, 17 years, thrilled, happy. Married for five, divorced. What does that tell you? It's a success story in my book, the two of them. I mean, yes, they're divorced, but like things don't need to last forever. They had a great run. They both come off to me as people who are probably going to fuck occasionally. Oh, 100%. And now, they now by the way, their beauties just open up to the rest of us. It's like, yeah, That's let's try true. to get at them if we can. No, I know. I just loved, like, that family. Like, I loved seeing them all together. But I think we're still going to see Zoe bouncing around with Jason. Channing's going to hang out with Lisa. And by the way, I'd love to see Channing Tatum and Lisa Bonet get together. And I think in that family, anything goes. Yeah, they're probably like, love is love. They're so fucking cool. I love Lisa Bonet so so much. We will move on. But the one thing I want to say about Lisa Bonet is you know she's an icon because Beyonce dressed up as her for Halloween. Correct. It's like, Beyonce's not dressing up as anybody else but Little Kim and Lisa Bonet. And Tony Braxton. And maybe one day LTW. Yeah, hopefully. I'd love to see Beyonce. I've seen her in a lot of bucket hats, actually, recently. Yeah, she's been a lot of bucket hats everywhere. And I'm not Um, feeling it. What did you think, to bring us back to Sex and the City? Yeah, circle back. What did you think of the whole Charlotte-Harry storyline in general? I mean, I enjoy Harry. I enjoyed seeing, like, them interact. But... I didn't fully understand, like, really what was going on, if I'm being completely honest. I didn't understand what she was apologizing for. Well, for knocking him down. And his okay. point and his point is, you can apologize to everyone else all the time. Why can't you apologize to me about this act? And her point, which is well taken, is, is yes, I spent all of my time apologizing as a woman. I am not, I've created this one space of athleticism in my life where I get to be unapologetically great. And I think we all have to carve out that space. I'm a big apologizer. Like when Harry says, oh, someone bumped into you and you apologize to them, that is me. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just like an instinct. Same. 
I apologize all day long. And I've had to stop myself or like I'll apologize in meetings at work, which I have gotten much better at for like sharing my opinion. Oh, I'm sorry, but I just want to say and it's like, well, hold on. I need to cut that phrase out and just say what I have to say and take up the space that I deserve. Yeah, I get that. I get why she wasn't apologizing. Like, I get it. Like, it's fucking tennis. Like, what do you want from her? I know. And it was nice to see her curse on the street. I loved when it cut to LTW's face. She looked like, oh, love to see this. <laughs> I know. Her Sipping and her, her little straw. Were, <laughs> yeah, her and her husband were like on the bench like, ooh. I love watching couples fight in public. I love oh, watching I like a breakup them. in public. No, look, I've also been the couple. Same. A hundred percent. But, you know, I love it. I love to watch people fight in public because, you know, if you're fighting in Usually, if you're fighting in public, there's usually, like, something going on there. It's the best to fight in public, though. And you know me. I'll let her rip. I'm not surprised, like, one bit. But I did also like the duality of LTW and her husband, Herbert, then getting caught fighting. And what I really appreciate about Herbert and LTW is that much like they are just clear mirrors of Charlotte and Harry. Yes, I love that. And so that they are also a couple deeply in love. He decides Mm -hmm. to admit to not miss his 7 a.m. flight, but he'll be tired for it. Which like, LOL's buddy, just sleep on the plane. There's nothing else to do. You can't even drink on planes anymore. What? I think they prefer you to keep your mask on, don't they? No, they they bring by drinks. Oh, they shouldn't. You should keep your mask on. In those shithole planes. It's crazy to me we ever got on planes without masks. I think the exact same thing. And I also loved to wear my mask and fall asleep. Again, here we go again. Here we go. <laughs> Not talking about the show. It doesn't take much. We're like, you want to talk about masks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice. I like that they're in love. I, I, I do love LTW and Herbert. I loved them emceeing that little auction. I was obsessed because as someone who works in fundraising and writes <laughs> remarks for people and puts them up on a stage, the amount of people who think just holding a mic magically amplifies their voice. And you got to have good mic technique. And I know I don't on this podcast because I've never Thank once you. spoken into it. And it's miles yep. away from me right now. Yep. No, it's right there. It's We right- literally had to have a conversation with Chris several weeks ago about speaking into the mic. He was like, yeah, do you want to go? Do you want to go over your critiques, including the one you got today about my headphones being loud? <laughs> Guys, write to us. Can headphones be too Can loud? Headphones, you know, and I believe our producer. I trust him truly with my life. But uh, he also I don't said know what he'd create means. a table for us at his wedding. <laughs> I know. You know, you don't see a lot of sweetheart tables of two guests who basically ask to invite <laughs> themselves. Also, he's, he's not, not engaged. engaged. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian will be cutting that. <laughs> oh, God. Leave oh, it in, D. Anyways, Should yeah. we chat briefly about Dr. Nia Wallace before we get into the kind of meat of the episode? Sure. I loved them running into Miranda and Steve at the farmer's market. We'll get into Miranda and Steve at the farmer's okay. market in a second. <laughs> yeah. But if go back and look at this. There is one moment when Andre comes back and they kiss again and she looks at Miranda and really almost into the camera with pure joy. And I think they're the happiest couple we've ever seen over the course of the 28 years we've been watching this show. They're so in love. They're so in love. They're so happy. Great chemistry. 
I continue to be shocked that that actor who plays Andre is also the gay guy from Mrs. Maisel. It just doesn't land in my head. Each time I think about it, I'm like, is he? His fashions? This outfit I could take. The one last week was a bit With much. the suspenders? Huh? I was like, with the suspenders? That was last week. Did he no, wear I suspenders know. again this week? I think there was something going on there. Yeah. Someone sent me a photo of Marvin Gaye and like his outfits and they were like, I think that this inspired them. And I was like, I see that. Well, there is a certain like black, high fashion, streetwear look that he's going for. And I think they looked great together. By the way, again, we have to think of these people as dressing themselves. And if those are the two outfits those two characters wore to go to the fucking farmer's market, Miranda and Steve look like I would. Oh, Chris, you know I wear a Nene Leakes uniform every day. I so wear a white just, t-shirt and jeans. Like, I have no room to fucking talk about anyone's fashions ever. Yeah, and many people have written to me and said, basically, we should shut up about fashion. And one said, we should get a correspondent because we don't know what we're talking about. A fashion basically. correspondent? They were hey, like, yeah, guys- it seems like when you guys talk about fashion towards the end, you don't know anything. <laughs> it's like, well, we're just saying what we liked and we didn't like. I'm like, I really like that pink cardigan. <laughs> we were like, what's that kind of called the thing that holds a woman's breasts up? Hmm. What are those two straps that he had connected to his pants? He had like a thing on over his chest. What could that be? (laughs) Worse. Clowns. But um, we should also note, right, that Dr. Naya's IVF hasn't gone through. Um, She has gotten her period. She hasn't told Andre. And then Andre finds out via the text in your car, which that has happened to me. That really made me laugh. That did. That scene. Like, I text a friend something, and he had that on, and it was me talking about the person who was in the car as they were coming to meet us. So, like, I was at the house waiting for Mm. them, and text like, oh my god, I cannot believe blank person is coming. I can't stand him. And it read (gasps) out loud. You're a monster. I didn't know he was driving with him. Okay. And I just wanted to make clear, like, yeah. And then when he got there, I was like, you know what? Now there's a steeliness towards us. So, which is exactly what I want. Oh, you love, you love that. I'm like, you can just, now you know I hate you. Stay over there. But you know how you were saying about LTW and Charlotte and their friendship? I kind of feel the same way about Miranda and Dr. Nia Wallace. Like, I, 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 all of a sudden, they went from professor to discussing her IVF journey, which is like a very, like, personal journey and i just find it confusing well you know I'm not like, well, how to bring it happen? to the lost daughter but oh, in the my. lost daughter, you've been waiting for this. olivia you've coleman been and dakota johnson's characters lita and nina they really bond over the difficulties of motherhood and have a fast kind of relationship based off of that and i think that that scene where they have dinner from a few episodes ago that to me is enough we just haven't gotten a scene to that caliber between LTW. We're in episode seven. And yeah, but like I, that's crazy. I think Naya and Miranda make sense to me. The, also, we saw that Naya wants Miranda's professional help building this center that she's trying to get done made. There's like an actual life there between the two of them. And I yeah. also appreciate that there are still boundaries, right? When they run into each other, Naya literally says to her face, I'd never wanted you two to meet, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, okay, my husband's coming back. We're going to go. Like, don't keep this conversation going. Yeah. Right. So there's a certain level of truth there, but also they're connected on this one thing of Naya has found in Miranda, someone she can share her ambivalence towards about having kids. 
And I think that's a good thing and something to be said for the ability to share something with someone who is a stranger or has no vested interest. And so that's really nice. What did you think of the guy who was giving a full Billy Eichner performance? I have a toddler. A toddler. Oh, my God. I love him. That whole scene, like the car with the text and then the guy with the toddler. I was laughing. I was giggling. Like that was the highlight of the episode for me or one of them. I loved that actor. It to me reminded me almost of the Chucky moment in the sense that it's like this just weird New York person plopping into the scene that's like dramatic and they're trying to talk about IVF and you just have this weirdo screaming. Yeah, it was like it was a quick reminder of like, oh, we're in New York City. And they're just so cute together the way she whispers to him. He has a toddler. The only thing I would like is it would make a lot more sense to me if we had a better sense of does Naya want these kids? I don't know. I've never been more confused. It's still kind of like she's willing to do IVF, but she's worried about how it'll impact her life. But she wants to keep her husband happy, but the husband seems to only want her to be happy. It's like this circular thing. And by the way, maybe that kind of messiness is true to life. Yeah. That I want them. I don't want them. My husband wants me to be happy, but kind of wants kids. It's like there. it's a triangulation that is difficult to suss out everyone's intentions but in this case maybe that is the point yeah but i also think it's hard when it's like i want to be invested in her and her story and it's like i am but we don't see her every episode so it's i feel very invested i feel very invested in dr nia wallace Um, i would argue i'm actually more invested now in nia wallace than charlotte and miranda carrie's keeping me but not after this episode really I'm done. (gasps) You're done? We'll get to it. Okay. But I love Dr. Nia Wallace. I just think I want a whole show about her. I know. that. uh, I think you're missing what I'm saying. Like, I really enjoy her. But it's hard because it's not consistent. Like, we don't see her every episode. We don't get, like, a glimpse into her world every... I think she's been in the show more than any of the other new characters. Yeah, but there was a whole episode where she wasn't in it at all. I think that that's fine. I mean, there are shows... Not for me. If you're going to bring new characters in, bring them in. Like, I want more of them. I don't understand this, like, dipping in and out. Like, I can dip in and out of Miranda Carey and Charlotte all day long. Because it's like, I kind of know who they are. Oh, see, I disagree there. these women, I'm just like, I want more of this. Or I want more of Carey, Charlotte, and Miranda. I, I, like... I can't find myself to care about women I've never seen before. I agree with you to an extent, but I think where you're a little off is is that I actually think the dipping in to even... I think it's like Carrie's fine because it's her show and there's always going to be more than her than other characters. But I think the dipping in is actually still hurting Charlotte and Miranda. Like, Cynthia Nixon directed the last episode and... Thank God we forgot to mention it. We remembered right after we recorded. We were like, oh, yeah, yeah. she really direct- did a good job directing. Would have yeah. been nice in the 90 minutes we talked, we <laughs> mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I think we lost a lot of energy there because she was in less scenes from what we built in episode five. And with Charlotte, to me, I when I rem- think about and just like that, I remember more about Nia Wallace at this point than I do what they're doing with Charlotte. Like, I think Charlotte is basically a cameo in this. And yet I still think Kristen Davis is carrying this show on her back. 100%. But she's basically just like in random. I mean, is this storyline she did this episode the best use of her time? No. 
Or ours. I mean, that Demi Lovato reference really took I... me out. And you could tell Kristen Devis said it like she'd never heard of Demi Lovato. She said Ever. it like phonetically. Demi, Demi Lovato. Lovato. Said sorry, not sorry. It's like, did she ADR that with Siri? What's happening? No. She sounded like us on this podcast. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. All right, should we get into Miranda and Che Diaz? I want to, no, I need to just touch on Steve. Just no, 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 briefly. the first note, dude, I mean, are you looking at the outline? Because the first note under that is, what the fuck is going on with Steve at the farmer's market? Genuinely, what? I thought, oh, <laughs> we're telling a story where he has Alzheimer's or whatever was wrong with his mother. I was like, oh, this is the story. Steve is not well. Right. The way he was speaking. He, <sighs> no. Chris. I, guys, <laughs> I've taken one million pauses. Yeah, I, you should see his face right now. And I don't want to be unkind or inappropriate, but David Eigenberg was giving a performance like Forrest Gump. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was, I genuinely wrote down, I think we're telling a story where Steve is not well. A thousand percent. The way he was speaking to her on the phone. Okay, we've known from the beginning that the accent is getting wilder. It has reached a level where it is Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront, plus Marlon Brando in The Godfather, plus a toddler with a bunch of peanut butter in his mouth, <laughs> plus the original Steve, plus, plus Anne Mira. Plus, yeah, he's screaming because he... Screaming. Which, by the way, I don't think that people losing their hearing scream. I don't think that they attempt to hear themselves more, do they? No, my dad cannot hear for shit. And uh, he does not scream. He's like, I can't even. <laughs> no, I know. I that's know. a bullshit. <laughs> it's like marble. He sounds like Landon from Southern Charm. He does. Cynthia Nixon does this thing that I love all the time as Miranda, where she laughs and smiles if she's uncomfortable. And the minute Steve walked up to Nyawal, she was like, oh, no. Yeah. She was they like, played him as like doddering old man. Now he's, like, mentally unwell. Yeah, like, he's not coming across. I don't know what they're doing with him. I'm not thrilled. Because he's be, never looked better. I want to be clear. Uh, he's I terrible. I don't know. This one, this was, like, his performance was so tough. I, I It was actually affecting my ability to find him attractive. Well, in the kitchen, I didn't find him attractive because whatsoever. It, and I want to be clear. If the director has asked David Eigenberg to perform this, he is giving a stellar performance. I don't think he showed up with this. Someone told him. Performances don't just happen by accident. Someone said, Steve is nuts, deaf, loud, drunk. All of it. (sighs) Guys, write to us. Tell us what you thought of Steve at the farmer's market because he was on one. It was like if you dropped me into the show and asked me to act. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were like, no, they were like, we want you to play Steve. 
that is the performance. It is. He is now get. actually performing Steve as my impersonation of Steve. A hundred percent. That is. It's like I now to meta to, to shortcomings. It's really something. And in front of the tomatoes, I in was front like, of the oh, tomatoes, man. in front of Emmy, Tony Award-winning actress Cynthia Nixon, who has got to be looking at him like. What the fuck is going on? Much like I thought Adam Driver looked at Lady Gaga during House of Gucci, although I would argue Lady Gaga is the only good thing at House of Gucci, and Steve is not one of the positives of it just like that. No. Do you think they're making him perform this way to make us like Che Diaz more? I think they're making him perform this way so it gives us a reason why Miranda's, like, not attracted to him. (laughs) Like, why she's, like... I'm like, like get why the she's fuck really out like, of there. oh, no, no, no. This is not yeah. the man you moved to Brooklyn for. That is not the man you met on the bridge. That is Meet me not on the bridge, Marianne. <laughs> this is bullshit. Everything's moving. I can't even find my phone. It's like, what's happening? <laughs> it sounds like Elmo. <laughs> Onions, garlic, celery, balsamic vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Shout out to Elmo. Please come on short. Shout comments. out to Elmo. It's the funniest thing. But ultimately, I do find this story somewhat compelling, right? Because Miranda's worried about her sex life and whether or not it's dead. I really enjoyed the walk and talk between her and Carrie after the foursome dinner. What did you think of her even thinking possibly that three months is an appropriate time to not respond to a DM? At the same Look, Carrie gave her. Like, I was bitch, like, are you nuts? Yeah, she was like, three months? She's like, three hours. I, I was like, that's me. I do wish that they would play a scene in which we got to see Carrie and Che interact. And what that dynamic is, I think we're to believe Carrie is like, keep me out of it. I, yeah. Che left, but Che never found out I saw it. You two haven't talked about it. I want nothing to do with this. Although I would probably quit my job if my boss came to my home and fingered my friend. That's, could you imagine? If uh, particularly Brian if came I was a wealthy home? woman. Not, Can you imagine if Brian came to your home and did that in your kitchen? He would never do that. He's a respectful king. You but, would. Like, think of how horrible that would be. Like, you would be like, hey, and am every I also Thursday stuck morning, in like, bed? <laughs> pissing piss on everywhere. yourself in a Snapple bottle? Yes. Oh, boy. Well, mine would be like a mine would be like an old bottle of rosé that I left near my bed. I don't drink. Yeah, that. yeah. What did you think about the sex scene and Miranda attempting to get it going in the kitchen and kind of recreate her moment with Che with Steve? It was so I sad. Dry as a damn bone. Is that what he said to her? No, that's that a line? probably what her situation is. Oh, okay. I thought he, because he did note her dryness. And I was like, if he said dry as a dead bone, I was like, I think I had subtitles on and I did not catch that. Dry as a bone. Like, I, I just know from personal experience that when I had been in a relationship with someone and I did, wasn't like feeling them sexually anymore and I would try to like get things happening just to try, like you're just trying the face that she made while like facing the camera over the counter when he was like, like washing his hands, which I thought was nice and respectful. He'd been handling food. Yeah, but like she doesn't want him to respect her right now. <laughs> like he, she wants to blow smoke in her face. And, she like, wants some just, throw down, some. Mm. Yeah, she wants like some finger banging, and like he's not doing that and he was like what's going on Miranda this was as bad as Carrie and Burger 
I think this was worse. It was worse. But I do love in that scene when Carrie talks about how you could hear the bus, like she could hear the MTA. But And if you go back and listen, you can also hear it in the background. That's just good sound mixing in that scene. I find personally this to be a little less awkward to watch just because there was more action. Like they were moving, doing something. The burger, the burger carry thing makes me so uncomfortable because it's so silent and he's just like mildly thrusting. And I was like, well, buddy, that's the first reason things are bad. You need to move more. Mm -hmm. It was bad. But this was really bad. Yeah. This was really bad. In terms of just awful sex scenes. Mm Mm-hmm. Poor, I mean, but Cynthia Nixon acted the fuck out of it. I got to give it to her. And I did appreciate that they, tr- like, right, they give it, in a way, they give it their all. Like, I think that Miranda and Steve's characters are both trying, but they're just so out of practice. And I love that ultimately what happens is they pick up back on what they are good at. He's like, oh, I should put this away if we're going to go upstairs or Brady might be coming home. And she's like, nah, actually, I think I got to put these dishes. It's just like... Yeah, let's just eat ice cream. Yeah, she's like, I'm I'm so over this. I have actually been meaning, and I don't think we talked about this last week, to discuss where we think this is going. And do you think there's a world, I think you and I have talked about it, but I think not on this podcast. Could we be entering a world in which they just choose to be open rather than divorce? I think that our instinct is to think like, oh, they're going to get divorced. But what if there is like, we are good companions. We have Brady. We like eating ice cream together. Che doesn't. Che is perhaps but not an individual even, like, who's looking. Do they enjoy being together? Hmm. Do they even enjoy being together? I think that we're meant to see that they do enjoy each other's company. Like they like eating ice cream. I think that Miranda is on one right now because she wants this other thing. But I think before she was reborn in the kitchen while Carrie pissed the bed. And we should talk about this. Guys, that, and I know I just made the mistake either. She didn't piss the bed. She pissed in the bottle and spilled it on the bed. There was she just piss on in the bed. The bed. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, she should have just pissed the bed. It would have been easier for Honestly, everybody. I would have been like, fuck it. I would never try to pee in a Snapple bottle. I think I would just be like, fuck it. And by yeah. the way, it would be easier for me to pee in a Snapple bottle. And I was going to say, it would like, be a lot easier for you. And I still would be like, you know what, fuck it. These sheets are going to get wet. I would like to see them explore the idea of openness. I feel like Steve would be really hurt. If we're hitting every other modern idea on this show, somebody's got to end up in an open relationship. Yeah, I think it really is just depends on if Che is down for Miranda in that way. Like, if Che, like, wants to be with Miranda, I think Miranda would leave Steve in four seconds. Did you see the little promo for next week? Sometimes they don't pop up and sometimes they do. I didn't. It looks like Che is, they go to an LGBTQIA rally and Miranda's there to support Che, I think. But then she sees Louisa and Brady and hides and Che basically says, I'm not in this to, like, have an affair. Like, you need to sort your shit out. Yeah. What if... I don't know. I would be into, like, them being open. And then Steve could date Anna Ortiz, who would come on the show as a new character. (laughs) And maybe Um, she would eat ice cream. Maybe they could all eat ice cream together. And their house is pretty big. And they could kick Brady and Louisa out. I guess I feel bad for Steve because it's like he got... He gets shit on all the time for having that one slip up. In the first movie, remember? I don't think anyone even cares about that anymore. Mostly we're just upset about his behavior at the farmer's market. I could give two shits about him cheating but now. But it's like, but it's like, Miranda's cheating, having like a full-blown like affair. 
Why doesn't anyone care about Steve's feelings? Also, do I don't know that we know it was one time, do we? In the first movie? I'd have to go back yeah. and watch. He said that this guy had sex with someone. I don't know. He's like, we're not fucking. Maybe Steve's having an affair. Hopefully. That's what Steve's doing. It is also like crazy to think that just both of them had resigned themselves to this sexless life. Like it is one thing if it was like it was ultimately revealed that like Steve was having an affair and Miranda's pissed. But it is crazy to think that both of them have like, you know what? We're just going to eat ice cream and never fuck. That's probably so common. And Honestly. With people. It doesn't sound I mean, too bad to me. Although I don't like ice cream, I would just want various chips and nuts. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a real big ice cream girl. But if we could just have like assorted like potato chips and popcorns, salty snacks. Yeah, and different meats. So really, just a charcuterie board. D- different meats. <laughs> and then I would be happy to just never have sex again and watch Bridgerton and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of when we run into Che Diaz at the benefit? I wrote one thing. Oh, God, more Che comedy. We are down bad. Luckily, they cut away. But when, when they got up there, I was like, oh, no, we can't do when this again. The, the internet mic, won't handle it. I was it. like, I know. I, I really want to know what Sarah feels about the Che jokes online. I hope that they are not really looking at them. Because one thing I will say is I believe Che is one of our first non-binary characters on a TV show. I know Grey's has one. That is just representation we haven't quite gotten yet. And for the most part, who I see making fun of Che are white gay men. And it's like, this is one of our people in our tribe. And I get that you might find the character annoying, but we aren't at a place of making fun of this per type of person yet because we don't have enough representation of it. This isn't white gays where it's like lols just fucking slaughter them in terms of jokes just who gives a (laughs) shit it's not even like we haven't seen enough non-binary people for us to be skewering this character and we also have to remember that this character has the exact same identity as the person playing them so it's kind of tough and I should also add, I don't really hate Che Diaz. I don't think the character is worth hating. You thought it was all love coming from people on the internet. Like, you were genuinely wondering. And I choose to actually still read the comments that way. Yeah, I don't really get the Che hate, as we've discussed. Like, I think it's kind of... Like, I just agree with everything that you're saying, basically, when it comes to that. But when I did see Che grab the mic, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I did appreciate the conversation where Che basically says, I did not see your DM. And I believed them. I didn't think they were lying. Same. Yeah, they were like... You should have DM'd me again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but Miranda was like, I was mortified. And I appreciate that in that scene, I think it's the first time that Che calls Miranda Miranda. So there's a certain level of removing the artifice and just the simple flirtation to make it something real. And they decide to go to a hotel, go to Che's place. I don't know where we were, but we were not, we weren't back in Brooklyn. When Che said to Miranda, like, I want to take all of your clothes off and like all that, I was like, And I think they're really hot hot in bed together when Miranda confesses her love (gasps) for Che. Oh my God, I wanted to die. But what I like about it is that Che takes it, right? And reframes it and says, no, what you love is yourself with me. And then Miranda says it again. And then Che takes that and says, I'm just really good in bed. But I think Che 
and this is an experience of, I think, a lot of queer people, I'm sure, who have had the then shepherd, perhaps, someone through their coming out journey, that the first time you might get a taste of what you've wanted and what feels right for you, it can feel like immediate connection to that person, when in fact it's immediate connection to yourself and your own sensuality and sexuality for the first time. And yeah. Che's good at that. Now, it'll be interesting. Now, it seems like right from with the promo when we I mentioned earlier that they're telling the story of Che not wanting cheating. They could also tell the story of like, look, I'm not really into like you coming out. <laughs> that's like your thing. You figure that out and come back to me in a few years, which is kind of where I would be. And that's what happened right on spoiler alert for Sex Lives of College Girls. You had a character, a queer character who was like, I don't, you need to figure this out yourself and then come to me because I'm not going to be dragged into any kind of hidden closetedness. Yeah, she was like, I've already been in the closet. I don't need to like go back there. And so it'll be great to see. And I just thought they were really hot together in bed. Sucking on her nipples? It was genuinely sexy. I, it was very sexy. Sexier like, than Steve at that farmer's market. Sexier than Steve trying to finger bang his wife in the kitchen. Beautiful kitchen, by the way. Beautiful kitchen. Beautiful um, house. Aromatic soaps, it seemed, from Whole Foods. That was a great <laughs> moment. But, yeah. you know, maybe... Guys, wash your hands before you finger anyone. I would appreciate it. Sam is mm-hmm. like, just get at me fast. <laughs> Disagree. I mean, don't, like, come at me if you've had, like, jalapenos or something. Oh, gee. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Did you read that Drake story? About the hot sauce? Yeah. We can't get into it, but guys, go look it up. How would you not? I would sue the fuck out of him. Well, I don't think you can sue someone for that. Putting hot sauce in your vagina? No, no, no. He put it in the condom after. He thought it would kill the sperm. He never fucked her with hot sauce in it. Oh, Wow. So, like, they had sex. He came. And then, I guess, Drake he is concerned about people fishing condoms out. up. And so, he put hot sauce in there to, like, kill the sperm. Which I'm not even 100% sure of the science on that one. If you're a doctor, please reach out to me and let me know. Right? Actually, reach out to Champagne Poppy. I mean, Don't I would assume, me. like, that would, you know, contaminate the sperm. <laughs> but then she went looking for it. As he assumed and saw the hot sauce. Should we talk about Carrie? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So first and foremost, we have to talk about this opening of the episode because much like I didn't care for the music and the, during the tennis, did not care for this opening song, the slow push in, the shitty CGI it's like, could you all not just get some real leaves, have somebody stand above that fucking window and throw them down? And hold like, leaves, yeah. It also just felt to me like, yeah, I was very happy to see Carrie writing again. That's great. That's who she is. But it's almost like, shouldn't we? she be writing more often? We should see her writing regularly. I think she lost that part of herself when she was married to Big, if we're being honest. Well, then I th- it would be nice if that was almost more explicitly said. Because right yeah. now, and maybe one of the problems right with the show is, is that we're not getting Carrie as a writer. And one of the things we talked about before and just like that started was because a lot of the things Sarah Jessica Parker and Michael Patrick King were talking about is how this is a show about work. And I was like, is it? Yeah, no one's working. And you felt very strongly that it was about their professional ambitions. And I was like, LOLs, maybe one episode. I felt that way about the original show, that it was about them working and navigating that. 
But this is not that. But at least in the original show, writing is a is a regular part is. of Carrie's life and you see it yeah. all the time. There was something that rang a little false to me to seeing her write this book in montage. Yeah. It would have been nice had we seen it over the course of one whole episode. It felt like, yes, we need to get to the point we're trying to make and get the book finished. But it would have been nice to see her reinvigorated as a writer rather than it done in a strange push-in that push that also like speeds us three more months in the future. Again, love that we're denoting time. But to your point, it's working for Carrie. It is crazy that Miranda isn't mad at Che after three months. Mm -hmm. It's like, where are we with Rock? We don't get to see like Miranda really spiral into like, why is it Che responding to me? It's like, it's just like a, why is Che hasn't responded in three months? Should I be weirded out? And Carrie's now been doing this podcast for, like, a year and a half. She's got to get it together. I want to watch her, like, eat pizza out of the garbage in her kitchen. Like, I want her to, like, spiral. I want Charlotte, like, I mean, we've talked about it, but, yeah, it's working for Carrie the time lapsing, but it's not working for anyone else. So she goes and meets with her editor or her publisher, whoever it is, and they love the book, but they want it to be more hopeful for who is the built-in audience And while I think that this is a fine story to tell, it is way too on the nose as meta commentary about it just like that. This is too sad. We want a hopeful ending. Introduce a man and make her go on a date. It's like, come on, guys. We're doing this in this. It's like, come on. Come on. Yeah. We are better than this. By the way, that Writer's Room podcast is going to come out tomorrow, and I'm going to be like, wow, what they really did there was mirror what was happening with Carrie with the audience. Like, they'll phrase it in a way where I'm going to be like, that was brilliant. But, like, I'm looking at it and know what they're doing, and, like, this is trash. Yeah. It was just a bit too much. I agree. I always find it really funny how they seem to make editors in, in Sex and the City universe to be, like, crazy. Have you met women who work in the publishing industry? Yes. It's a big energy of like, it reminds me of women in marketing, particularly those in marketing of it. It's like a lot of like manic aggression. Yes. <laughs> like four cappuccinos in. I actually think the first two women, I think, wasn't it Amy Sedaris and Molly Shannon? Yes. Amazing. To me, Queen's Icons Legends. This woman is just like overly caffeinated and on one. When Carrie went back and she was like, you want a free latte? They're free. Come on, sit down. I'm like, well, first of all, Carrie, make a fucking appointment. You don't just drop into this woman. She's working. Although she wasn't really working. She was just... Yeah, she was having a... Mainlining caffeine. Yeah. But I do think like she's right. I mean, you don't want to just like have a book about like loss, right? You want like some glimmer... I don't know. I mean, we're really just doing Carol Ratzville drag, aren't we? I mean, at least Carrie wrote her book. Don't get me started on what remains. Shut your mouth. I am so protective of that fucking woman and her fucking book. It's okay uh, that, that she did write it. That book changed my life. You, the way you feel about The Lost Daughter is me with what remains. Yes, but Elena Ferrante actually wrote her book. It's okay that Carol did not write that book. It is okay. I'm, ghost Chris, writers, we, ghost way, writers no. are okay. We Chris, love them. Chris? I can't. That book changed me. But come on, it is Carol Ratzville drag, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Oh, what did you think of the book cover and the title? I was like, ain't nobody buying this book. It looked fucking cheap. I was like, this is not Carrie. Law? What was it? Love and Lost or Better to I also a- hated Carrie's outfit. I didn't, Joker. I, I didn't even notice any of the clothes in this episode, with the exception of the Norma Kamali dress. 
that Joker looking suit. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. Yeah. She looked like Paula was, Poundstone. She looked crazy. I was like, oh boy, don't love that. But the book cover, the title, I was like, nobody's reading this. Love and loss, like creative. It's like when in the first movie, when her book is titled Manhattan, I'm like, oh my God, guys. <laughs> what the f- what are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, with the stones. I was like, I don't... Mm, this I wasn't feeling it. This is this is shocking to see. I did yeah. appreciate that Oprah gets a name drop because Oprah was a big fan of the original series. Shout out to the four women going on Oprah around the first movie and some of the best acting you've ever seen between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker in terms of pretending they're buddies. I mean, at one point they hug. I was like, this is... Now this is acting. Nobody yeah. did any acting like this in the second movie. No. Did you like seeing Seema with the gals as the fourth? I wish she'd talked more. Yeah, like, I, I liked seeing Anthony with Carrie, but I didn't, Seema, and I just wasn't. It felt like they just like, needed okay. her there to set up the tender thing. Although it wasn't a known app, because also she could go back if in a way that I've never seen on any app I've been on where swiping is involved. Oh, yeah. You can go back. On Bumble? Yeah. Can you on Tinder? Am I using it wrong? I got kicked off of Tinder. (laughs) What were you up to? I don't know. I I logged in for 20 minutes, and all of a sudden I was banned. I don't know what I did. This probably for the best. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But I just thought, I appreciated the idea that Seema is there, but maybe not comfortable yet jumping in. And she's only kind of engaging with Carrie. That felt very true to what a friendship would look like. Yeah. But it also was kind of a bummer. I was like, maybe this is her eighth lunch with them or dinner. And she's more comfortable. But we don't know. Because time has passed. Time is is nothing in this show. (laughs) Time means nothing. To Michael Patrick King. I think we're at the year mark. Yeah. The other thing we should say about Carrie's book, what's it about? She's had a fairly inert life since Big died. It's about love and loss. But like, right, what? It just didn't seem like she... We haven't seen her have any meaningful experiences since Big died that she could have written about. Since she died, she hung out with Jonathan Groff and thought about getting a facelift. She bought and sold a CGI apartment. Yes. Which we found out that the CEO of The Dip got married in that apartment. Does it exist? Yes. It's not a real apartment. It's like an event space. But she got married there. Oh, is that where Kate got married? Yeah. She was telling me about where she got married. I did not think we were going to see it on it just like that. Yeah, the windows. Allison clocked it. That apartment. But it's interesting to think that what has Carrie been writing? What is in this book? What experience has she had that we... If she is a memoirist... We have been watching her life, and I ain't seen nothing to write a book about. It would be nice to see her process the relationship as, like, a whole. Like, you know, I mean... It's starting to make you really realize, and of course we should know this, how much footwork the monologues did in the first series, that we are really missing a huge part of Carrie because we're not in her head. Yeah, we're not in anyone's head. We don't know what's going on. Well, in the first series, you're only in hers... And she has some level of like she writes what they're thinking, so it's right. Which helps Samantha at this point is very upset. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. In this case, it is like truly Carrie is inert. We know she wants to keep her fifteen years. She's moved back, and I know everyone loves this apartment. I know you all love to see it. You want to fucking Airbnb it. I am disgusted that she's living in this apartment. Oh, it is 
ugly. She needs to it, buy the building. She has so much money. I just want more I for her. I just she has so much money, and it's like which is scary. why it's like, are you really still podcasting with Che Diaz? It's like yeah. you're a millionaire or a bi- you could be a billionaire. You're fucking Rava Roy. If I made it big, you all would never see me again. Yeah, like this would be over. <laughs> It'd be a fucking wrap. I quit my real job. I quit this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd quit my friendships. <laughs> you would just quit. You, no one would see me again. I would do effectively what Marlon Brando did, which moved to an island and eat everything. Yeah. A lot of Marlon Brando references to this episode. <sighs> and just like that, it's a Brando podcast. <laughs> All right. We got to get into the elephant in the fucking room. And what I hope is not a fight. What'd you think of Peter? <laughs> You know what I'm going to say. Go on. Sexy. Disc- <laughs> I have here in all caps, Peter, GTFO. I Loved it. This. It's the highlight of the episode for me. CBS, CSI looking motherfucker. He's, he's not ready. He's, he's not ready. For stre- he's not ready for streaming. I'm sorry. He's not sexy enough to be streamed. I think that that's the point is that he's not going to be a big, he's not going to be like this big, sexy, First of suave all, guy. Listen to my point. Okay, go on. Okay. He's giving Tweety Bird. He's giving. He's, and you know, he's, but you know that I love that. He's so giving janky Dr. Bradley Mego. Whoa. He's giving that guy she went on the date with who had like a bird land on his head. Listen, I like that he's a normie he's a normal guy but he's got like a confidence to him i like that excuse me i'm still going don't make that face at me we'll get more review i can't i can't go on go on i'm gonna i'm letting you have the floor and i like that because i think it like disarms her like i feel like she's attracted to him did we watch the same episode Yes, I'm attracted to him. I'm also deep in the closer right now. You know that. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you mean the show that Bertie Madoff made? Yes, the one with Kira Have Sedgwick? I told you that? Yes, we've discussed. I'm deep in it. I'm on season three Is on he HBO. on the closer? Yeah, he's A the A show that interest. aired, excuse me, on TNT starring Kira Sedgwick. And frankly, that's where he belongs. Basic cable after an episode of Rizzoli and Isles. Don't nobody want to see him on streaming? Uh, I do. And I like that... He, like his wife died so like they're both in the same thing i think they're like i don't think that he's like gonna you know he does their love isn't gonna move mountains but i think he's a nice he made her laugh and i think she needed a man to make her laugh it just Are felt nice and then they threw up in the street together Are you done? and it brought me joy and then he i'm sorry if i was being put up like at an auction and a man like jumped in and like put a thousand dollars down for me I was like, "Are you done?" I'd be, in, I'd be into it. Go on. That's all I have to say. <sighs> okay, we're gonna call this the annihilation of Peter. This segment, this motherfucker. First of all, I just want to say up the top: if I am above the age of fifty and still on dating apps, truly kill me. When Carrie was in bed swiping, I was like, I don't want this for her. Like, please just go to a bar and meet a man IRL. I I just, like, not at all. Just It's not at this time. I can't. But that has nothing to do with how gross Peter is. When she showed up looking amazing in that Norma Kamali dress, I do think that they could have given that dress a bit more of an intro. It was a little tough to come off of that kitchen scene. 
Did you catch what he was serving? What he was wearing? He was giving yes. Ross dress for less. I'm attracted to him. I'm also attracted to Tweety. The first thing he said was, my wife's dead. It's like, sir, first of all, you put Widower in your fucking bio. He's he's fucking nuts, Peter. Second of all, <laughs> his name is Peter. It's like they were like, okay, you know what? We had we Ben, we had an guy. Aiden, we had Burger, we had a Petrosky. You know what? Let's just throw up Peter. Exactly. He's an everyman. This is like, but this is not like an every, you know where you want to see an every man on a reality show? Because it's like jarring. It's like, oh, wow. It's like a normal dude got in there. This is not, a, we are supposed to be in a fantasy. He was giving Skipper. <gasps> Don't you dare compare Peter to Skipper. And then, for them, and then you fucking know that the writers and the director knew that they had nothing with this guy. And you know how I knew? I am sure they wrote sparkling dialogue and it didn't work. And they said, let's just cut to him vomiting on the street. We never get a moment in which we see any kind of chemistry between Peter. Yeah, I was fucking throwing up too. It was disgusting looking at the two of them to see this queen and this fucking like plankton, troglodyte, awful human. He should not be, he's not meant to be on a streaming platform or cable. I was happy to see him on Scandal, banging Melly. Apparently he's wonderful with Kira Sedgwick as she was slumming it, trying to make some more money. This is not a man who deserves to be on a premium streaming service. No one should have to pay $12.99 a month to turn on and just like that and see him or that wardrobe or their bad chemistry, buy me at an auction. Okay, so she pledges $1,000. He rolled up and pledged $50 more. This is not a man who had, he doesn't have $1,500, $2,500. He's broke too. He only got $50 more than her. I, if I was her, I would have said, okay, $1,100 to not see him again. Then they go outside, nothing. Talk about dry. Miranda was dry in the kitchen scene. I was dry as hell. You know I'm going to get a text from you right after we're done recording. You're going to be like, what did I say today? I, it's just the fact that we are hanging our hat and seeing him again. If we had never seen him again after the, the vomit, I would have been happy. I would have been like, oh, what a nice cameo. They kind of tricked us into thinking he was going to be something. But we're moving right along. And we're going to try to do this again. And he is just an everyman who we're not seeing again. The idea that we are going to waste even a fraction more of screen time on this at best 80s sidekick of a low-budget Patrick Dempsey movie. I can't. You're really, really passionate about this. He is making Tweety look like a vile... I'm like, where is he? Let's get him back on my screen. Oh, I mean... God, I wish. <sighs> but I guess this is the hopeful end. He sent me a vomit emoji. The fuck? <laughs> can't He's wait to... He's making her laugh. Isn't that important? I mean, we look, we've long known Carrie's sense of humor is in the trash because she loves puns so much. Sure. But she's living in this shit apartment, writing a shit book, <laughs> hanging out with a, a man named Peter. Peter. Who would, you, who would Peter. you like her to be with? I'm just saying, we've had, yes, John James Preston was his name, but that even has a certain regality to it. But he, we called him big. We had a man named Aiden. We went to Ireland and look, did all we do is basically type in Irish name and pick the first one on the list, I'm sure the writers? Absolutely. But at least it wasn't something we're seeing in the street every day. We had that a Petrotsky. We had a burger who we could have puns with. But I think Peter's the point. Peter 
Yes, and I am telling you that that is the most misbegotten choice this show could have made, to think we wanted to see an everyman on Sex and the City. We did that in the first season of the show, where is Cap- for a show that began with a man named Capote Duncan, to fall this far, it's unforgivable. It's the first time I've really agreed with the people on the internet who hate this show. I'm, I've never seen you like this. Ever. Should we talk about the fashion? Absolutely. Or is there anything else to talk about? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I think you got it all out there. I, even more than the Norma Kamali dress, I loved Carrie's dress to the fundraiser, the white oh, yeah. dress with the sleeves tight around. I thought she just looked great in that. And I thought LTW looked stunning in that print dress at the benefit. Oh, gorgeous. They all looked really good at the benefit. And I thought the benefit, by the way, was beautiful for a school. <laughs> yeah. It was gorgeous. Did you have any favorite looks? You said you'd like something Charlotte wore earlier. To the to the benefit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked her dress I a lot. I know that I, I loved Miranda's look to the benefit. See, I kind of blocked that out. They're was doing a like lot that, of print like, work on Miranda, which I usually like, but it was so heavy print. Yeah. And again, people are going to be like, that wasn't a print. It was. <laughs> We're literally, this is us describing. I really like her white dress with the sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get a correspondent or just cut this Or segment. we just need to like maybe do more research. <laughs> I, I can't do one more second to research on this show. <laughs> All right. Well, I who, really liked LTW's bucket hat. I loved that bucket hat. Her mm, Was it Gucci? Was Versace? Fendi. Louis Vuitton? Fendi? Yeah. <laughs> she was serving Dorit Realness. Make sure. What? I, I think... You know where I stand. In terms of men, I'm going with Anthony. But frankly, I was not really? capable of feeling wet by anyone this whole episode. Because Peter just... I mean, he made me want to put on a chastity belt and retire. Go on. Who'd you like? If, oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you Say it for the record. Peter. Peter, my man. I couldn't help but wonder what's going to happen next. I hope Peter gets hit by a bus, some kind of airplane <laughs> crash, um, that Chucky like robs him and brutally attacks him. I, I would prefer not to see him again, but I think we are. Luckily, he wasn't yeah. in the promo. Yeah, I think we're going to see more of Peter. Um, I really am curious. Like, I, I think I said to you, or we discussed this last week, maybe just in text, like, I want a little bit, like, more cameos. Like, just from, like, random people just quickly. Like, kind of like how we got in the first two episodes. I want more of that. It was such a genuine fun shock to see Susan mm-hmm. Sharon in the first episode. One of my favorite reveals of the whole yeah, series. Same. And it feels like a really missed opportunity that we haven't had Carrie just run into Amelita Amalfi. Frankly, anyway. I'd like to... I would be thrilled if, like, we just saw Skipper on the street. Like, it would just be something to connect us or tether us. There's still these rumblings of Aiden and Berger. We've got three more. Yeah, I'm like, where are they going to come back? Like, I don't know. I would love if Aiden came back and killed Peter. (laughs) I would finally be an Aiden stan if he came back and just, like, strangled Peter's lifeless body. (laughs) He is already lifeless. That limp dick little guy. I love your hatred of Peter. I love it. All right, what are you giving this one out of 10? You know, I I came in thinking I loved the episode. The more we discussed, I didn't, uh, which is shocking. So I give it like a six. I would probably give this one a four. 
And I want everyone to know that if you took Peter out, it would probably be a seven. But this whole Carrie storyline really did not sit well with me. I can see. As that. you can tell. Yeah, I think you made that point very clear. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, we're done. I don't think we really landed on a very good ending there. <laughs> we didn't, but it's okay. It's yeah, Brian okay. can fix that in post. Yeah, he'll, he'll jazz it up a little bit. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to discuss episode seven of In Just Like That, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. I love a Pal Joey reference. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. I swear to God, if you like Peter, do not message me about it. I'm not kidding, guys. You will stay instant blocked. blocked. <laughs> Sam, where can they find you? At Bravo Historian or at Taker's Aloft on Twitter. And that's where you can send your Peter love. Yeah, absolutely. Don't fucking tag me in any pictures of Peter. Nope. Don't, Just tag me. Don't mention the actor. I, I don't want to see it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>